Hi. Welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today, our title of our great podcast is, Does the Bible Really Say That? And there's a lot of different sayings out there that that a lot of us might think that are in the Bible that aren't. And then there are sayings we might talk about that that people have no idea that they're actually from the Bible because the Bible has been around a very long time and it's really influenced society as a whole in ways we don't even know. So uh, the first three that we might talk about here are really common sayings that uh, maybe some of you think are in the Bible. I don't know. But the first one I want to say is it says, God helps those who help themselves. And I want to say, uh, I keep saying I want to say, sorry about that. Let's get off. Oh, wait, little break. Today, tonight is Shannon's birthday. Happy birthday, Shannon. Yes, we're recording this on January 31st, 2020. So, And he's still alive and kicking. I am. Okay. As and, my grandfather used to say, I'm still looking at the grass from above and not from underneath. Yes, you are. Now back to the God helps those who help themselves. I read on the Bible Gateway blog, Jeremy Burma wrote, three year, this was three years ago, that one in eight Americans believe that this God helps those who help themselves is in the Bible. It is totally not in the Bible. It's totally anti-biblical wisdom. Well, it's, it's the ultimate in secular humanism. And, um, the actual source for that, I've gotten this off the blueletterbible.org uh, site, is actually one of Aesop's fables. And it was about a man who lost a wheel off his wagon or something, and he was praying for Hercules to fix it. And Hercules said, well, you start lifting, and then I'll help you. So it was that's where it all came from. It has nothing, nothing so at all. So did, did he end it with God helps those who help themselves? No, but that's just, that's just a saying that that's oh. where it started from. Well, um, and it sounds very American. Very independent. Well, it's, it's secular humanism. It's one of those things that you pull yourself up by your bootstrap stuff. Well, let me share two verses that like totally show that this is not biblical. It's not a, a biblical kind of thought. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six says, Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Mm-hmm. And Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That's totally... And Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus say the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes his flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Now, that, that concept of God helps those who help themselves means, uh, kind of lays, lays that thought out there that I'm strong enough to handle most things. I only need God for, for something really big. You know, when and that's I... not true. We need God every single day for everything. You know, when I remember hearing that, Pa on Little House on the Prairie said it in one of the episodes. <laughs> he said, God helps those who helps themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the thing about a lot of these sayings is one of, one of the traps in these things is they are so commonly believed and they're, many of them are harmless. They're not, they're not a negative necessarily, but they are not found in the Bible. So if someone goes to try and find it in the Bible, it's not there. Yeah, but so, you know what? I don't think that one's harmless because... Well, I don't think that one, that particular one is harmless. Yeah. There are others that it's not the exact translation, like the one um, where it says the lion will lay down with the lamb. It says the wolf will lay down with the lamb and not the lion. 
It's the same concept. Right. That and one is not a distraction. I think anyone. that could happen. A lion and a lamb might lay down together in heaven. Well, it's very possible. Right. It doesn't, but it does say it, the wolf. It's okay. not that it doesn't say that, but right. it's just interesting. That, that one is harmless, you're right. Yeah. Okay, now this next one, I have to talk about this one. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Have you ever heard that one? I know oh, you of have. Course. Everyone's heard. I think grandma's Everybody, used that. Grandma, everybody's grandma mentioned it when it was getting time for church and you were dirty behind your ears because you only washed the front part of your face. Everybody's, everybody has said that. Okay, so according to factsandtrends.net, scientist Francis Bacon said something like this, but the phrase here was first said in a John Wesley sermon? Yep. I wonder why he said that. Cleanliness is next to godliness. There must have been an issue going on at the time. And it, it wouldn't, be, wouldn't surprise me if maybe there was some sort of an epidemic going on or something like that. And he was explaining that, you know, people need to be clean. I don't know exactly what happened. But for some reason, it stuck. That's one of these ones Ugh. that just kind of stuck. And I, okay, I'm not a great housekeeper. I mean, I think I do okay. It's fine with me and my family doesn't complain, but... Well, I did dust this week. Well, there you go. And I don't remember the last time I dusted before that. And well, you know, even that's, even that's got a biblical thing to it. Dust? Yeah. From dust you are and to dust you will return. Oh, might yeah, have been, yeah, yeah. Might have been somebody you know that you dusted up. Yeah, yeah. Ha, I've seen that's that a reason Facebook. not to dust. Up. Okay. And I, I, don't, I don't remember the last time I washed my floor. But okay, okay, okay. We have to go on. Anyway, don't worry. Cleanliness is next to godliness is false. Because if I keep thinking of Jesus, how he spit in the guy's face with the mud, I mean, that's not clean. And well, Jesus did that. And there was a lot of ritual cleanliness in, in the Old Testament, especially, that they talked about. So um, I could see where people might pick that up. Oh, wait. Oh, but I want to say something about this. Okay, so uh, cleanliness, the outside has nothing to do with godliness. Okay, really, it's from, for out of the heart, Matthew fifteen nineteen and 20 says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. These are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. That's what, unwashed. And then, uh, okay, I guess that's the only verse I had for that. Okay. But still, okay, do you want to share one? No, go ahead. Okay, I'll do the third I'll one. i following you. And this is, this is the other one that's very common. Uh, God won't give me more than I can handle. Well, that is not true. Obviously, that's not true, because why would we have to lean on God if we could handle everything? God. Uh, Again, that's going back to that secular humanism where we're just saying that I can handle everything. Well, they misinterpret this one verse, too. Well, and, and even going all the way to Philippians, where, you know, I can do all things. Oh, through Christ who strengthens, strengthens me. Strengthens me. Um, I can do all things for Christ through Christ's strength. But it's not like I can do everything just because I'm a Christian. Now I don't have to worry about things. And sometimes that can be a, a trap, too, because people think that if you can't do all things, then you're not a good enough Christian. Yeah, that's... That's, that's malarkey. I, I want, can I read this? First mm, Corinthians 10, 13. This is where they get that little saying that God won't give me any more than I can handle. Uh 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. So that's talking about temptation, that Jesus, that God will never allow you to get, use his, him as an excuse for sin. 
There's never going to be a reason why you have to sin. That's what that's talking about, temptation. God will always open the door. When something comes that seems like it's overwhelming you, God opens another door. Yeah, you'll never, he'll could, always give you a choice not to sin. If we could sin. handle everything ourselves, we wouldn't need God. Yeah. And we could take care of sin ourselves, but we can't. We couldn't. That's the only, that's the only, that's, that's the reason that Jesus is here is because we can't handle it. And, and uh, Jesus promises in the world you have tribulation. Tribulations, but take courage. I have overcome the world. John sixteen thirty three. So he already told his disciples, you're going to have tons of trouble and you're going to feel overwhelmed, but I am there. So take courage. So anyway, that one is debunked too. So those um, are the top, another top one, threes. Another so. one that we hear a lot and it's, it has led, I think sometimes to people Having a bad uh, outlook and bad aspect on, on money is money is the root of all evil. And that's not what the Bible says at all. It no. says that love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And greed has been, has been a terrible thing uh, in this world, and it does terrible things on a daily basis. Money okay. is an inanimate object. Right, we that, don't need to look oh, at money as being the problem. It's the heart. So if we can't handle it in our heart, then that becomes evil. But to, to think that we should uh, run away from, from being prosperous is false. As, as false as someone saying that you know, God's going to just pour showers of money on top of me. That's not true either. No. But then 1 Timothy 6.10, it says... Yeah, that's what it is. I want to share that, but yeah, go ahead. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. All kinds of evil can come from the love of money. And that's just human greed again. And that's no different than Adam and Eve in the garden when they said, surely not, you'll be just like God. That's just greed. I wanted to share the First uh, Timothy 6, 9 and 10 from the message translation because I just like okay. how he says it. But if it's only money these leaders are after, they'll self-destruct in no time. Lust for money brings trouble and nothing but trouble. Going down that path, some lose their footing in the, in the faith completely and live to regret it bitterly ever after. Mm. I just like how it says that. And, you know, that was in the uh, our daily bread today. It talked about, I think it was. Oh, I know. You don't want me to. Sorry, I'm turning pages. That's if you hear something, turning pages. Few things are less secure than money. Mike Whitman said that. I like that. Because you can get a lot of money, but then you can lose it all. It doesn't matter what you have a lot of. Yeah. If you rely, even if you're relying on a relationship, if it's not God, it can fail, it can fall apart. God never is unfaithful. That's true. God never forsakes us. So if we rely on anything to the exclusion of God, right. it's destined to fail. Mm-hmm. Because everything does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But greed is awful. It's, I think it's like behind almost every evil thing in our world. Greed. What do you have? Well, there's some fun ones that I, I thought, you know, we have all these things that aren't in the Bible. I've got a few that are in the Bible. And people may not equate that to the Bible. All right, let me hear. Fight the good fight. That comes from First Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. They hold on eternal life, uh, whereunto thou art also called, and have 
professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight is actually in the Bible. Who says fight the good fight? I suppose I've heard it. Oh, um, lots of people. There was a song in the oh, 70s from Triumph, Fight the Good Fight. And when I heard that, I knew that was in the Bible, so I always thought that was kind of a cool thing that yeah. some heavy metal band would would sing a song about God. But um, Give me another one. A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. Oh, that is John 10. And Matthew seven fifteen. Matthew seven. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Oh. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. Oh, gosh, you think that's where Red White Riding Hood came from? I no, do. no, there's no sheep in that. No. Okay, never mind. That was, Sorry. A, that was a wolf in grandma's clothing. Oh, yeah, that's different. <laughs> oh, and you know what Unless it does? If your grandma's a sheep, then I apologize. Okay, okay. Oh, but the sheep, wolf in sheep's clothing isn't in John 10. This is what it says about the wolf. This is totally off, but I'll tell you anyway. John 10 is all about the parable of the good shepherd. But uh, 10, tw- verse 12 says, He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, beholds the wolf coming leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. So that's all it is about the wolf there. So, But you said Matthew what? 7, oh, yeah. 713? Sorry. Matthew. 715. 715, okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I've never noticed that. That's interesting. What's another one? Uh, go the Extra Mile. Oh, yes, that's about the that thing I read to you today. Remember? How that was Roman law, that if the Roman soldier asked a Jewish guy to, he had to carry his stuff for a mile, and then he'd get another Jewish guy to carry his stuff. Mm-hmm. And Matthew 5.41 says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them, many, go with them two miles. In other words, that was a, that was a saying, that, that was something Jesus said yeah. that had context for the people that were listening right. to it that we might not understand. If anyone forces you to go one just go to. Go to. Be kind. That's your witness. Your witness isn't doing what someone tells you to do. Your witness is tell, doing what they what they would tell you to do and then doubling it voluntarily. Go the extra mile. Yeah, people go say that the all the time. Yep. That's true. And that is a biblical Biblical. Truth. See how Bible is in society in many, many places? I got a funny one. All right, tell me the funny one. A fly in the ointment. Okay, wait. See if you can come up with that one. Flying ointment. I know the Bible pretty good, but I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes Ah, 10.1. I get a point. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking smell. Oh, yeah. Hey. I knew my Bible knowledge would be worth something. I got a point there. (laughs) Oh, one more. Okay, go ahead. One more. I'll see if you can get this one. All right. Blind lead the blind. Oh, Jesus said that. Mm-hmm. And he said the uh, Pharisees are like the blind leading the blind, but I can't yep. tell you where it's at. Matthew 15. Matthew Let them 15. alone. They'd be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Yes. Okay. Matthew 15, 14. 15, 14. Let me see. There's it. just so many of these little little tidbits. And some of them are have become so much a, a, a part of our common everyday lexicon that we mm. forget that there might be a source of it that goes back to the Bible. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time. It is more read than any other book, unfortunately not by every person, but it has been published um, more times than any other book in the world. There's a lot of good things. And yet, oh, there's awesome things in there. Oh, but I thought of another one. Yes. Okay. 
What goes around comes around. Ah. That's not, that's a bio- biblical principle because you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What goes around comes around. Yep. And then a lot of those, a lot of things like that, Some even some of the things that people say, well, that's not in the Bible. It's not that it's not in the Bible. It, word for word, it's not in the Bible, but the the intent and the, the content is there. It's just not quoted directly from the Bible. Things like um, love the sinner and hate the sin. That is a biblical principle by far. That's obviously a biblical principle. Yeah, because we love everybody. Right. The direct quote was from Mahatma Gandhi. But he that, said that? He said that word for word. They oh. have him quoted saying that. However, it's not word for word out of the Bible, but Jesus tells us to do those things. It's not it's not a sinner that is hated, and Jesus never hated sinners, just the sin. No, he loves so he, he all of us. Well, the whole reason for him to come here was because he lo- God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. It was because we were sinners and before we loved him, he loved us. There's nothing we can do. Romans 5, 6, and 8. Uh, six, yeah, 6 and 8 says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't have to fix it first. But that concept of God loving us, is, and we are meant to be, whole, be holy because God is holy. We are meant to... To have that same love for our fellow man. Okay, I have one. Okay. But it's not really a saying, but it's a real um, common thought. Mm-hmm. I love Jesus, but I don't like people. Oh my. You know, or I don't like I don't like to go to church because church people are, you know, hypocrites. Or so I can love Jesus, I can worship Jesus outside of church, but I don't like the people that worship him. Well. Um, and, I, you know, we all get that. We've all dealt with, or we have ourselves been the grumpy people or irritating people. But here it says, the one. this is First John 4, 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Uh, somewhere in here it says, if you... Oh, no one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. But it says if we if we don't love our brother, but we say we love God, we're a liar. And then I also want to say um, we need each other. I mean, it's I, anybody can worship outside because it's his creation. But that's not enough because we are made to be in communion with each other. I think, and this, this will probably be one that we turn into a discussion all of itself sometime but okay you know several times in the bible it talks about um no man has an excuse because they can see god through his own creation oh yeah and, and i have a lot of people that tell me that and i do the same thing i feel god intensely at times when i am outside of a church when i am outside of everything and i am in only what god creates and not what man creates i do feel close to god there is no doubt in that and that's good in my mind but I have had too many people tell me that that's the only place they can find God. And, and that um, disturbs me. That bothers me. And the reason it bothers me is somewhere along the line, the something problem. happened. 
Yeah, they had a bad experience. Probably. There was, there was. It's a fallacy of man. Somewhere along the line, something happened. But if that's the case, and you will not spend time in worship with others, and you will not go to a church because you may have been offended once, um, you're missing the point of grace. Yeah. We received it, and we should give it. And you, our our sins were a foul stench to God, and yet He loved us. So if someone offended you, um, that's something you should definitely take into consideration and say, you know what, maybe that person's having a bad day, maybe their theology's wrong, whatever. I can't, you can't abandon the fellowship of Christ um, because you were offended or because somebody rubbed you the wrong way. But I, I, I wholly recommend that if you have had that bad experience and you feel like you should not be in, in that place, then find another church. There's not a lack of churches. You can find one. But there are people that need you, and you need the people in those churches, and the fellowship is important. It's important for us to be together. And you know, uh, I mean, I love being outdoors. I am, when it, once it gets warm, I just stay out there as much as I can. Me and uh, my son, Hawk, we sit out there and I read to him and drink my coffee and... I don't do much else than that. I just sit in the sun and get a tan. But when we isolate ourselves from each other, we get weird. We really need each other to, what is that? Iron sharpens iron. So one man, we, we we need other people because when we start getting isolated, first that's what Satan loves, to isolate us, then we can just get off and not even know it. And that... Unfortunately, that is a fertile ground for false prophets and false preachers. Um, Someone who is not within a fellowship where they're discussing things and reading the Bible for themselves and talking for themselves. Um, Unfortunately, I've met a lot of of, uh, Christians who have gotten all of their theology from a radio broadcast or from a television show or from a mailer that they get in the mail and the theology that is behind what they're saying is faulty, mm-hmm. but they don't get into the word enough to know that it's faulty. They take it on face value that when someone else says it, and they don't open their Bible up and look it. God says, test me. Look for it. Yeah. It's in my word. Let- he wants us to look into his word and, and spend time in it, meditate on it. Think about those things. Don't just take it at face value because somebody who's got a giant church somewhere has said this over the radio. If they say something like that and it intrigues you, look it up and see if it's true. Right. That is why we need to know our Bibles. But okay, this, is a, this isn't really a saying, but I think it's another thought. It's got to be a thought because it's everywhere in the church and in America, probably all over the world. I can be a growing Christian without getting into the Bible. Mm. There, I don't think there's a way to, I mean, you can pray, but you need God's word to grow. And I want to read Hebrews 4.12. And if you know your Bible well, you know this verse. But this is what the Bible is. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. And, oh, here, Ephesians 5.26, let me just do one more. Ephesians 5.26 says, 
that he, Jesus, might sanctify her, the church, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. When you when you get into the word and you actually look at the word, um, the word of God is not false. Ever. No. And there is no contradictions. There's no... People like to try and pick things apart and go, well, this verse says this and this verse says that. Well, it's context, it's meaning, there's there's things behind it. If you actually get in and study it in its entirety, don't pick out one verse and, and try and chew that apart. In it, its entirety. Yeah. Um, I, we had, I had this discussion oftentimes with uh, students at the police academy when I taught there because one of the concepts as a police officer is you are carrying a weapon and you are authorized to use deadly force if it's necessary. And from a Christian perspective, a lot of people look at uh, the Old Testament, get in the Ten Commandments, and say, Thou shalt not kill. And I, I had students that would ask me about that because I knew it was a Christian, or they would come to me and say, You know, I've been thinking about this myself. Um, and the concept there, I think, is, is lost because people take that and, and run with that because the direct translation uh, from the Hebrew is, Thou shalt not murder. Um, not thou shalt not kill, and if and if you think that that that's contradictory, it's not going to be because if you look at what happened after the Ten Commandments, there was a whole mess of killing going on. But what what I'm trying to say is that if we get into the Word enough to let God speak to us, to speak through His Word, that's when we're going to hear Him. And if we don't, if we think we don't need to be in the Bible. And we can still be growing. We need it. How can you have a relationship with someone that you... If you have... I've got family that I don't talk to very often. They're just... They're a long ways away and it's just kind of the way our, our family is. When I get back together with them, it's like we've never left. However, the relationship didn't grow with right. that lack of communication. That's it may bit. stay the same even because we love each other. It can stay the same, but it will not grow unless you have that that close relationship where you are in communication with each other. You can't have a silent marriage and you can't have silent faith. Here's, here's another one about what the Word does for us. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and 17. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. we got to equip ourselves. And that's so if, you, if you're a Christian... If you're not a Christian, whoever you are, I suggest picking up a Bible. Find one you like. I don't... I have ones I like, and there's different versions. Find a version that is easy for you to read. There there are a lot of different translations of the Bible. Uh, The vast majority of them are just fine. You will will feel God and and see God there. There are some that are better than others for some people. Uh, there, There are some that are better for studying. There are some that are better for... Um, just understanding plain language. There's all sorts of things out there. And we live in a time and a day and a place where we have more access to the Bible than anywhere else. If you have a smartphone, you have a Bible readily available. Yeah, and it, it can even read it to you. Yes, you can have someone else read it. If, you're, if your reading is not what you think it should be, listen to it. There are so many ways for us to access it in this day and age. That if someone is not doing it, that is intentional. Right. If you're choosing not to read the Bible, that's your choice. But then you're choosing not to listen to God, I guess. I, 
it's it's just amazing that we live in a day and a time when this when we are so accessible, and yet unfortunately, I think at a, in a declining rate, less and less people are actually seeking God through His Word. Well, I think you know we uh, give time to what we want. Yeah, but I, I remember also growing up. Um, I grew up Catholic, and I was never, ever encouraged to pick up a Bible and read one. Uh, I went to a Catholic elementary school, very well-meaning, everything, but everything that we ever got, we got printed out to us and handed to us in a in a uh, missalette that had the sayings in there, and someone would go up and read a passage, and we would listen to a homily, and, and a sermon, that would be great, that's fine. But they never said, now go look for it yourself. And that was revolutionary for me when I went into the Word and I listened to God and not to someone telling me what God said. So for me, it was necessary that I find it for myself. And I think all of us in some ways are that way because if it's going to be personal, if your relationship with Jesus Christ is going to be personal, then your relationship with Jesus Christ should be a discussion between the two of you. Right. As a pastor, I will tell you... I. Almost every Sunday, I'm telling people, you need to get into your word. You need to get into your word. I say that all the time. But the basis behind that is simply relationship. We need to be having those discussions, not just speaking, but also listening. And God's word allows us to do that at all times. When you need God, he's always there in his word. You can always reach out and and grab a hold of him. Yeah. So things that weren't said in the Bible, things that were said in the Bible, we've covered a lot of things here. We're going to wrap this up. But um, Tell your friends to listen. Oh, yeah. We'd love to have more people. Uh, we'd love to have people get in touch with us and comment and ask questions. If you've got something you want us to talk about, you got a topic you want us to talk about, we're open to anything. Because, you know, the Bible, you can relate anything to the Bible because the Bible talks about absolutely every area of life. So if there's a topic you want... Send us an email. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, but do the Facebook thing. I don't do Twitter very much, but we are there. So, um, no, the whole tweeting thing is kind of sour right now. I just assume not do that. I've never. I have, can't but, keep up with all the social media. Yeah. I do the Facebook thing, and we have a Facebook page for this podcast, and I also have a website. Our church has a website. Uh, we just love to hear from you. Yeah, and. Uh, we we have fun doing this, and I hope you have fun listening to it. And I hope it's something from God touches you. And if, at a minimum, we pique your curiosity enough to open up a Bible and look for yourself, then we're doing what God wants us to do. God bless.